everybody. It's me, Auntie, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are still counting your blessings and just enjoying the summer holidays. We are, well, today officially is the end of July, and we're now into August. The time is going by so fast, so I'm hoping you take up every opportunity to enjoy your summer holidays, right? So in spirit of still going with the Olympics, and I hope you got, some of you are watching and watching your favorite sport and stuff, um, I thought I would try and find um, some athletes from Canada and, you know, those who, were, who had firsts, you know. And what I was surprised me is we still don't have our first black female gymnast or fencer in the Olympics. So there is still so much history for us as black people to break. There is so much. And I think this would be one of the big ones, you know, to, to, to see our first black gymnast, to see, um, to see swimming to anything. And trust me, You'll hear it first here on Auntie, if there is, right? <laughs> so t I did find, though, an athlete. Um, her name was Barbara Howard, and she was born in Vancouver, British Columbia in 1920. And her, her father was an American, and he had, uh, he had one of the first set of barber shops in the city of Vancouver, Right there on Abbott's, it was called the Abbott Street Shaving Parlor and Baths. And this, and um, this also, I guess it had burned down. Um, her father says was part of the Great Vancouver Fire of 1886. But he escaped the flames by taking his barber chair and running to a nearby harbor water. So he survived that. And her mother was a dressmaker named Catherine. They don't say where the mother's from, but most likely here in Canada. And she had four siblings, three sisters and one brother. Poor guy. <laughs> and what she is well known for is... Um, becoming the first black woman, woman to represent Canada in international athletic competition. And that was her doing the 100-yard dash. And um, even though she didn't place, she did go to the international, but she didn't win. But she did help her team win um, a silver and a bronze in the 440-yard and 660-yard relay event. So she was good with teamwork. But unfortunately, World War II came about. And so there was no more international sporting events over the next decade. They were all canceled due to the war. So her window of opportunity as a sprinter was, was knocked down. But she did become a teacher and... Um, began to teach her first teaching position was at Port Alberni. And then um, it, 
doesn't, oh, she was hired by the Vancouver School Board. So she taught for many years. And then they decided that she was an athlete that had so many achievements, but unfortunately wasn't recognized in her time. So they, in 2011, they placed her in the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame and also the BC Sports Hall of Fame in 2012, and then the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame in 2015. Then in 2018, they announced that they would rename a park near the Camby Street Bridge as Barbara Howard Plaza. So, you know, even though she didn't get recognized in her time, she wasn't forgotten in ours, right? So now we're going to hear about a story about a young man who made a change. And it's a true story. And after the story, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him that would actually make you smile. Okay, so here we go. Ron's Big Mission, written by Rose Blue and Corinne J. Nedden, illustrated by Don Tate. You're up early this morning, Ron. What's the rush? asked Mrs. McNair. Come and have your breakfast. I made some oatmeal. I have to go, Mama, said Ron, tying his sneakers. I have something to do this morning. You always have something to do, said his mother with a smile. Just be home by lunchtime, okay? Ron was nine years old. That morning he left his house with a plan. He'd been thinking about it for a long time. It was a beautiful South Carolina summer day, and Ron looked up at the blue, blue sky. Someday, he thought, he would be up there, flying a plane. He wanted to be a pilot when he grew up. But today, Ron had something else on his mind, something very important. Ron walked down the street as fast as he could. He didn't want to be late. Hi, Ron, the grocer called from the front of his store. There you are, just in time for a donut. Morning, Mr. Douglas, said Ron. Thank you, but there's some place I've got to be. And Ron kept on walking. Down by the schoolyard, Ron saw his friend Carl shooting baskets. All right, you made it, called Carl. Hi, Carl, said Ron. I wish I could stay, but I've got something important to do. More important than basketball on a summer vacation, said Carl. Are you kidding? Ron laughed. He loved to play basketball, but not today. Today was too important. Ron kept on walking. When Ron got to the Lake City Public Library, he stopped. This was it. He was hot from walking so fast, and he was nervous too. He took a deep breath lifted his head high, and went inside. Mrs. Scott was busy getting ready for all the people who would be using the library today. As the head librarian, she had to make sure that everything was neat and orderly. Mrs. Scott looked up to welcome her first visitor of the day. She smiled at Ron as Ron walked in. He was her best customer. Ron gave a little wave to Mrs. Scott and went right to the shelves. It took Ron a while to find some books. He always looked for books that showed children who looked like him. But that was hard. 
There were not many books about black kids on the shelves. At last, Ron found some books on airplanes. He took the books and started to walk to the front desk. Ron felt nervous and his hands felt a little sweaty, but he knew what he wanted to do. Mrs. Fielding, a white lady who was often in the library, stopped him. You can give me the books and I'll check them out for you, Ron, she said gently. No thanks, Mrs. Fielding, Ron said. I'm going to do it all by myself. But Ron, she started to say. Ron was already on his way to the front desk. He put the books on the counter. I'd like to check these out, please, said Ron. The desk clerk didn't look at him. Didn't she hear me? Ron wondered. Ron knew what he had to do. He jumped on the counter. He wanted the desk clerk to know he was serious. I'd like to check out these books, he said quietly. At first, the desk clerk and Mrs. Scott just looked at each other. You know you can't check out books, Ron, said Mrs. Scott. You can read them here. That's the rule. Only white people can check out books from the library. Ron looked at Mrs. Scott and the desk clerk politely, but he would not budge. I always read them here. Today, I want to check them out, said Ron. Mrs. Scott and the desk clerk did not know what to do. Ron wouldn't get off the counter. People were staring. Finally, the desk clerk called the, local, the Lake City Police. Two policemen came right over. Let someone check out the books for you, son, said one of the policemen. You know the rules. But Ron just shook his head. He would not budge. Now Mrs. Scott called Ron's mother. Mrs. McNair came to the library very quickly. I know how you feel, baby, she said, but you have to follow the rules. I can't, Mama, Ron told her. It's wrong. The rules are not fair. Why can't I check out a book like everyone else? No one said anything. Not the desk clerk, not Mrs. Scott, not the policeman, not even Ron's mother. Mrs. Scott looked at Ron. She thought about all the times that Ron came into the library and all the times he sat at the tables for hours looking over so many books. He was her best customer and she knew what she had to do. Mrs. Scott walked back into the office and started writing. writing. Ron wondered what she was doing. Mrs. Scott returned and handed Ron a library card. His library card. Ron looked at Mrs. Scott and smiled. As he jumped to the floor, he thought he saw her smile too. I'd like to check out these books, please, he said, handing the card to the desk clerk. The desk clerk took his library card and stamped the cards in the back of the books. These are due back in two weeks, she said. Ron smiled. Thank you, he said. He tucked the books under his arm and took his mother's hand. Together they walked home. Ron couldn't wait to get to his room and open to page one. Wasn't that great and so brave of Ron? He enjoyed books so much that he had to take a stand. And thank goodness that the people that he lived close to and the librarian saw that it wasn't right that he couldn't take out books just because of the color of his skin, that he had to read them 
while he's in the library and stuff. You know, it's so much more fun when you pick up your books from the library, bring them home, lay in your most comfy reading spot and read a book. And he made that change in his town. And what I thought was interesting um, with this book, in the back of the book, they talk about Ron McNair. And um, he, he, remember he dreamed of flying planes. Well, as a grown man, he was able to fly planes and he became an astronaut. And people still remember him at, in Lake City of what he did at the library. And it says the walls in the children's room were painted with pictures that show children reading books under a huge oak tree. A space shuttle flies through the sky. So it's to represent him. And now everybody can get a card and a book because of young, young Ron, right? And it was 1959 when he did this. So he made a big difference in Lake City, South Carolina to get everybody to, to, to be able to take out a book and read. And that's amazing strength. And like I said, there is still so much changes that need to be done for us it, at during Black History, not even just Black History, but to make Black History. And I hope there's somebody out there listening that is more than willing to try their hardest to make a change, right? So for now, I am proud to be Black. Because black looks good on me. It looks good on you too. So you guys have a great time. And I'll see you in August. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.